Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Freedom Fighters for America World Radio at www.freedomfightersforamerica.com. Coming up next, Al Cup is doing his show. Al's a former action officer from the Joint Chiefs of Staff out of the Pentagon, now retired and up next. Today is February 5th, 2015. To start the show, we'll be starting out with the Battle Hem of the Republic, so please stand by. Freedom Fighters for America World Radio is sponsored by Freedom Fighters for America. Thanks for tuning in. not arrived as of yet, and we'll see what's going on with that, so please stand by.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, our host has arrived and now on the fan pal, so we'll begin the show momentarily. As soon as I can turn the Marines off here, we're going full blast. Um, now up on the fan tail, Al Cupper. Al? Hi there, Chris. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. You're coming in loud and clear. Great. Now, that way I don't have to go out in the cold. It's going to be 10 degrees tonight, and I don't want to be out there trying to warm the car up to do this program. <laughs> I don't blame Okay, folks. I'm glad to be back tonight. A lot of things going on in the world. It's my purpose tonight to kind of increase your faith as much as I can. I could tell you many, many, many things about the New World Order and scare you probably beyond belief. Some of the more faint of heart, but uh, I'm going to read a scripture first, and I'll pray and take our knees to the Lord in prayer. I'm looking at St. John, chapter 9, starting with verses 31 to 34. And I'll come back to this chapter. I'm going to do a little little bit of teaching here, kind of. 31 to 34. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. In other words, God will hear him. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sin, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. We'll get back to that, most likely shortly later on. The Bible said in the last days, it said that wicked will be deceiving and being deceived. Fear is going to come on the hearts of people so so fearful they're going to die from fear of things that are coming on the world. Their hearts will fail them. We see a Jordanian pilot burned to death in a cage by a bunch of monsters. Folks, you don't think they're coming here. They are. They're already here. They're already here, folks. They just haven't been turned loose yet. So we need to be praying about these things and, and praying what the Lord ought to have us do. To get smart and prepare and be spiritually prepared. My son Don needs prayer tonight. We just need to pray for him that uh, the Lord will do what he's promised to perform. He says what he has promised, he is able to perform. All right? We'll go to prayer now and ask the Lord to meet these needs. In Acts chapter 4, it says in there, and I will, in fact, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will go to it, and I'll read the part where they lifted up their voices in one accord. And they said, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God, that means out loud, with one accord. They were all in one accord with what they were praying for. And said, Lord, thou art God, which has made the heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Okay? Now, at the end of it, it says in verse 31, Acts 4, And when they had prayed, 
they had prayed out loud, okay, in one accord. The place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. That happened in 1957 at Crell Assembly of God in 1957. The Lord shook the place. The power was so strong that shook, he shook the church. And they discovered it later on. They asked each other, do you feel it shake? Yeah, I felt it shake. I thought it was just me. No, everybody felt it. That's how powerful the prayer was back in 57. 57, folks, is a long time ago. 58 years ago, in fact. Okay, let's pray now. Okay, Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight in the name of Jesus, the only begotten Son of the living God. First of all, we ask you to forgive us of our sins, words, and trespasses and deeds and any small thing that we've come across and we've done, Lord. Forgive us of anything, O Lord, we may have done but to transgress your law and to make you unhappy. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your grace. We give you thanks for the blessings you've given us. We thank you for what you've done in the past, present, and what you're going to do in the future. Lord, we pray for Israel tonight. We pray for Jerusalem, the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for Prime Minister Netanyahu. And Lord God, do not let this administration touch your servant. Shame on those who would touch your servants, Lord. In the name of Jesus, prevent it. Father, we ask you to spare the elect and the very elect this night. Save your church from what's coming, as many as possible. Save our Jewish friends from the Holocaust, which is moving upon us, Lord, as we speak. We pray for Stan's business venture tonight. He's asked for prayer. We ask you to touch this need, Lord. We ask for the Johnson's property sale. We ask you to touch the need out there, Lord, and sell this land according to your will. We pray for Linda and Tammy and Austin, Myron, and Ted, and we pray especially tonight for Catherine, for Johnny and Jean, Justin and Aaron, Lord. Watch over them, especially with Aaron, Lord. Watch over him in the job that he has. We ask you for Lou, Isaac, and Nisa, and Rosemary down south. We pray for Elizabeth and Herbert. And also, Lord, we pray for Elizabeth in Texas, who has fallen and hurt herself. We ask you, O Lord, to touch her this night, O Lord. Be with her. We pray for my son Don, a special prayer, Lord, what you promised you're able to perform. We plead the blood of Jesus over the two boys, O Lord, that you might protect them. Be with them in this need, Lord. Open his eyes and open his heart to understand what's going on. We ask you, Lord, for Bob and Norma. Touch them. For Bobby and Norma, be with them tonight. For Chris and Anna, we pray for this need, Lord. We pray for Harriet. We pray for Dave and Dawn. We pray for Sarah and Ted and Karen in the land of Sinem. We pray for Leslie and Kathy and Joyce. And especially tonight, Lord, for Linda and Pat with Ted and Matthew. We pray for Kelly, Lord, and Teddy and Kristen, Mike and Bill up in New Hampshire. And, Lord, if there be one that's unsaved, we ask that you would save that soul at any cost, at any cost, Lord, at any cost. Remember Milton and Bradley and Autumn tonight, their needs, O oh Lord, especially for Dawn and especially for Marilyn. We pray for Mary in the state of Washington. Watch over her. We ask you for David in Arizona and for Joe and Kathy in the state of Maryland. We pray for Jesse in Louisiana. And we pray for Jason in his quest quest for salvation. And, Lord, if there's an unspoken request anyone has tonight, we'd ask that you'd meet that need also. And if you missed anybody, Lord, we'd ask that you'd meet that need also. 
We pray for our programmers, the, the listeners, and the producer, Lord. And Satan, we come against you by the blood of Jesus from Duke you to stay away from those that we're praying for. And Father, send laborers into the harvest field to touch their hearts. We ask you, Lord, now to spare us from the, the effeminacy, from, uh, from promiscuity, Lord, from abortion, porno, and witchcraft, and pedophilia, these perverted evils, O oh God, spare our nation, spare our folks, Lord. And now, Father, we ask one more time to touch our producer and be with him, be with the listeners and all those who are tuned in. And we pray for in the name of Jesus that his kingdom might be glorified in our prayers this night. Glory to your name, Lord. Amen and amen. Okay, folks, let me uh, see where I start here. Let's see, we had the measles epidemic. Folks, this measles thing, let me tell you something. When I was a kid, everybody caught the measles. Everybody caught chicken pox. Everybody caught mumps. In fact, there was mumps on one side and mumps on the other. And there were big measles and little measles. And there was chicken pox. And we all caught them. It was no big deal. This this scare tactic of measles, oh, we're going to get some measles. There was never any danger of anybody ever dying and with measles back when I was a kid, I can tell you. And I'll tell you what. From the time I was 12 to the time I was 18, my mama babysat about six kids all the time. Six kids. She babysat six or seven kids all day long for years. That's how she made her extra money. My father passed away and went home to be with the Lord. She babysat from 1961 up until 1993. Yep, that's 30 years or more that she babysat from 61 to 93, not counting the, the years from uh, from 60 on back to to 1950. So from 1950 to 1993, my mother babysat little children. And when the first kid showed up with measles, she took and stuck her finger in the kid's mouth and gave it to all of them so they all have the measles and get it over with. Now, you may think that's crude, but that's the way she got rid of it. Chicken, chicken pox come along, they all caught chicken pox, and in about two weeks, they all had the chicken pox, and it was over. So she, she let them all have the chicken pox. Same with mumps. This, this measles scare is a, is a red herring. It's... It's purpose of it is to take, make you take a shot, take, make you take a shot. And they have a population control by the United Nations to control the population and shut down the re- population reduction. This part of it, this measles scare. For those of you who are not, who are under 60 years old, measles wasn't a problem at all back then. Everybody got them. Everybody got them. You got them in the first, second, third grade, always. That's where they came. That's where they came. You got them in school because all the kids got them. Brought them to school. And everybody finally caught it. And everybody had to stay home. So they got over them for a week. Chicken pox, it's terrible. Mumps hurt under your under your jaw. There's lymph nodes swollen up under there. They hurt, but it's... 
you know, it wasn't any big deal. So this is just another scare tactic to scare us. Brother Bob had warned about there's a city with a football stadium in it, and at the north of that city was a range of mountains, horseshoe-shaped. It turns out to be Phoenix. Nothing happened this year, and I prayed it wouldn't. But there's going to be plenty of football play games played in that same stadium this year. So uh, we're not off the hook yet. I want to tell you about a fleece. Now, you can fleece things so that you know what, if the Lord, what the Lord's will is, okay? Gideon was told he was going to deliver Israel, and he got all worried and said, Lord, what am I going to do? How am I going to know that? He put out a very complex fleece. He said, I'm going to put the, a fleece out there, a wool fleece, and the next morning I want the fleece to be wet and the ground to be dry. And it was. Now, maybe and vice versa, but the next morning he said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do one more time. I want the ground to be dry. And the, I want the fleece to be, wet, uh, to be dry and the ground to be wet. And it was. So he knew he was supposed to go and do what the Lord said. He was, going to, he was going to save Israel. I had a friend of mine in Hawaii. She did the very same thing about going to Bible school. She says, Lord, if I'm supposed to go to Bible school, I'm going to put a sock out there. And I want that sock to be dry and the ground to be wet. And it was. And she did it two days in a row. She did it reversed. The Lord can do that. But you don't have to do that. It's easier ways to do that. You can ask the Lord to wake you up at X hour in the morning and X minute in the morning. I told you I was speaking to two women at uh, a political rally out in the parking lot about uh, things we talk about here. And they said, I said, no, look, I'm, I'll tell you what. After two hours, I said, okay, you go home tonight and kneel down by your bed when you go to bed and you say a prayer. Dear Lord, if all this stuff Al Cuffer told me is the truth, I want you to wake me up exactly, and you pick a, an hour and a minute and have a digital clock. Check it out. Next morning, 8 o'clock, the phone was ringing. Now, what? The Lord woke me up. She said, I was going to call you at 417. I said, I hope not. My wife would have had a fit. <laughs> she says, I asked the Lord if what you said was the truth, that he wake me at 417 because we talked about four, the number four in the Bible, and we talked about 17, and George Allen he had all those 17s behind his name when he ran for election. And at 4.17 in the morning, he woke me out of my sleep. I come bounding out of bed. Then I got on my knees and started praying. She said, he, he, he rewarded me. You ask for bread, he will not give you a stone. Call the fleece. And one of the first times I used this was right after I got saved. And I did. I would learn to fly. And I, I'd fly, I had my private license. And I was wasting money on the GI Bill. And it wasn't going too well because after about three months, the instructor pilot got in and said, okay, go out and do some do some maneuvers. I said, okay. So I flew out and do some Dutch rolls. So I started doing some Dutch rolls. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing Dutch rolls. He said, they're not 30 degrees. They're 45 degrees. I said, I've been practicing 30 degrees. He said, well, that's not what they are. They you were a better pilot six months ago than you are now. I said, something's wrong with this. This, this, this deal. I said, okay. So the next time I went up, I said, okay, tell you what, Lord. I am going to go up and fly today. 
And if I do anything wrong at all, make any mistakes at all, I am going to quit flying and stop using the government's GI Bill. Because I'll never be a commercial pilot. I'm an Army sergeant, and I'll never be a commercial airline pilot. It just won't work. Not with a family. So I said, but I'm going to do everything exactly right. I'm going to do everything exactly right. So I got out there. Now, our airplane has several checklists. They have a check. You go around the plane and check it. You get in the plane, and you you fire it up. You set you set your instruments. You set your engine instruments. I'm sorry, your flight instruments. Then you check your engine out. You've already checked your gas tank outside. You check uh, the magnetos, and you run the engine up. You check the carburetor heat, so forth. And then you ask for instructions to take off, and you take off. You set your you set your flight instruments. You taxi out and take off. So I got both checklists out, and I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. everything perfect. I'm going to do everything perfect so I can keep flying or, you know, if I'm, I told you, it's, uh, if I make any mistakes, I'm going to quit. So I got out there in that plane, and I got, I got the list, and I started going to check the engine and doing that and checking everything, and I looked around the plane and checked the fuel, and so I... Going about it, I thought I was doing just fine, and I called the tower and I said, "I want to take, a, I want an intersection takeoff at this intersection, whatever it was." Going to taxi out here by the flight school, turn right and take off, because I don't need very much runway to take off my little plane. Honolulu runway eight is twelve thousand feet. It was twelve thousand feet, twelve thousand feet long. Okay, that's two and a half miles, and almost two and a half miles. So I taxied out, intersection takeoff approved. I rolled out there and took off, pulled up, asked for a left left turn departure, got a left turn, and I swung out and picked out. I picked out my my normal gyro heading and headed for the training area. Uh oh. I had not set the altimeter. I had not set the gyro. I hadn't set any flight instruments, even checked the flight instruments. And I was going through a checklist sitting on my leg. I had it, had it strapped to my, my knee on a clipboard so I wouldn't mess up. And I hadn't even checked my flight instruments. I said, Honolulu Tower, this is Cessna 5 Juliet, whatever it was. I'm over the golf course. I want to get clearance for landing. I'll finish this flight, get clearance to come in, runway four. I landed the plane, and except for taking my mother and my first grade school teacher and her husband from Honolulu to Maui, up around Haleakala, and then go up in a rent-a-car, and I flew back to Honolulu. That's the last time I flew as pilot in command. I quit right there. I had not even set my flight instruments. That is a, that, that I had never, ever failed to do that in three years of flying. So I knew I wasn't supposed to fly. That's a fleece, okay? That's how you do it. That's one of the ways you do a fleece. I'm going to read some information from Jerry Golden. Uh, 
While in prayer today, I heard a still small voice say, send this vision out again. It has made me aware of how little we know God because of our carnal nature. May God help us all. Sitting in the Temple Mount, when I was sitting in the Temple Mount when suddenly I realized that once again the Lord of Heaven was speaking to me. Having this experience many times in the past, I knew to allow God to have his way in all things. It was with a certain fear that comes from knowing the awesome power and magnificence of God that I entered into this place. Speaking in my spirit so clearly that my entire body seemed to be vibrating, the word of the Lord came to me saying, You speak of things with a certainty, believing yourself to be speaking a truth, but your knowledge of these things are carnal, with only a glimmer of my will for man. For those things that seem of great importance will pass, but my presence will not. You still have not learned to be in me as I am in you. For if you had, your relationship with me would be pleasing, but I find you absorbing yourself in things of this world, in the ways of the flesh, believing them to be spiritual. The temporal things you struggle for are but a vapor in eternity. You still have not come to a place in me to know the importance of our relationship. Because my spirit is in you, all those things I sent you to accomplish will come to pass. For your relationship with me is not based on the acts of others. There are others who struggle for reasons of self-indulgence and things of the flesh. Many will die in their struggle to please me, for they never truly Allow me to be their God, lacking the will to follow the Holy Spirit in all things. For it is my word and my will that will come to pass, because your eyes have been opened to certain things. Be not distracted or led astray, seeking more knowledge, but rest in me to show you all the things in due time. Do not seek the favor of men. Seek my righteousness and my guidance for the days ahead. and It will be difficult in those days. And only those who I have called will move with my blessings. For most will fall away, for their eyes are fastened on the things of this world and not on my word. Jesus will stand at my side, ready to teach, reach out his hand for his own. I will bring my people home, and the time is near for the world to know my, my love for them. Be not deceived into believing the coming peace is of me. For there will be a time of peace and security, but then the earth will begin to shake, and many will be frightened while hiding their faces from me. But I will see them where they are. Continue on the course set before you. Be diligent and faint not, knowing that my will will be accomplished in you, for I know your heart and desire to please me. I have joined others to the purpose of bringing my people home, that is, to Israel. My spirit is speaking to them at this very hour. He says in First John one, First John four one, believe, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. Shalom, Jerry. All right. He got that vision way back in uh, 03, but the Lord told him to put it out again. I'm going to read this uh, Go No Go's thing. I may have read it on one of the other programs, but I want to read it again because it's what's going to happen here. This is in uh, January. 
Today, France has 751 no-go zones. The police cannot and will not go into them. There are many states inside a country set up and established under Sharia law with the blessing of the French government. These no-go zones have grown into the populations in the millions of Islamic Muslims, and today it is just too late for France to reverse the situation. Meaning that France is practically finished as a free Western state. It's just a matter of time, and there's not much of that either. You may remember a few years ago I started saying this would happen and France would be the first to go. Well, I was only half right. Sweden is the first to go, but France was right on her heels. With the rest of Europe not too far behind. More French Jews left France and Israel in 14 than ever before, and many more are getting ready to leave now. Today they are able to move to Israel freely, but the door will close in the very near future, and it is then that we will be called upon to rescue Jews by Seeds by sea. The conveyances we have today are not good for trips between uh, that country and Israel. We have planned years to make trips from islands and different places around the Mediterranean. There are many reasons that France and the Ukrainian Jews are out of reach logistically. That is why we so desperately need a larger conveyance capable of carrying a hundred at a time, safely to Israel. If you guys get on the Internet and you check out Al Cuppet's video, Pearls for the Very Elect, marching one step ahead of the New World Order, if you check that out, you'll find there's more going to be going on than just what they've written here, okay? We have done everything in every way we know to get the word out to all the Jews of Europe that if they can make it to certain places, we can reach them and we'll do every possible thing to come and get them. A recurring dream or nightmare is to tell the Jewish families there's no more room. We have to leave them, hoping and praying we can make it back to get them. Anyhow, he goes into some details, and I'm not going into all this on the radio. Uh, but uh, the Lord's going to work this out, folks, more so than Jerry knows. Today, a few thousand ISIS fighters come from France's no come from France's no-go zone. They cross over into Iraq via Turkey every day with Turkey's blessing, hoping that the that the French Muslims fighters will kill the Kurds. <laughs> Turks don't like the Kurds, okay? That's been a long time going on. London has many no-go zones as well, and the threat is growing very fast. There with large mosques being built everywhere, one everywhere but somebody you look. But they are everywhere throughout Europe, and many are saying Europe has waited too long doing about it. Europe is finished. We're talking here about the Islamic terrorists who love death more than you love life. They are training and camps all over the Middle East and even in the USA. That's true. That's right. So you better be praying, be praying. You folks in America better be praying for divine protection, okay? Because we're in serious trouble. You guys will hang on here a second. I got to do something. I got to shut down the heat here. Okay. USA. There are reported 35 terrorist training camps across the U.S. To find, to find proof of this, just run a search on Google. 
They are, for all intents and purposes, no-go zones in America, most are in rural areas, but there are some in places like Dearborn, Michigan, and other cities such as Detroit. The FBI and the CIA know who and where they are, but as long as the Muslims sit in the White House, little, if anything, will be done without them. The longer they're allowed to train and grow, the more danger they are to the U.S. You remember Waco Ruby Ridge? I will find it odd that the U.S. government will go after these, quote, Christians, unquote, with tanks and armed soldiers, but will do nothing to stop Islamics who have, who, who, train in these Islamic terrorist camps. When you read this, you'll understand why Obama refuses to say the words radical Islam. Do you know that the U.S. has now a Muslim government? John Brennan, head of the CIA, converted to Islam when he was stationed in Saudi Arabia. You know why that happened, folks? Because his mother and father didn't teach him about Jesus. His mother and father probably never took him to one evangelical church. And Brandon's old enough to have been in the in the churches when there was some fire going on a few years back, some years back. Bob said to me about six months ago, he said, Alan, he says, the Lord said there's a person named Valerie up in Washington. It's very important. Is that right? I says, mm, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, Valerie Jarrett. So in this report, Jerry says, this is this is now six months later, he said, uh, Obama's top advisor, Valerie Jerry, is a Muslim who was born in Iran where her parents still live. Now, Bob told me that six months ago. The Lord showed him that. Okay. Hillary Clinton's top advisor, Uma Abedin, is a Muslim whose mother and father are involved in the now outlawed Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. Assistant Secretary of Policy Development Homeland Security, Arif Icon is a Muslim. Homeland Security Advisor Mohammed Ilaberi is a Muslim. Obama advisor and founder of the Muslim Public Affairs Council. Salam al Mariati is a Muslim. Obama's Sharia Zar, Imam Mohammed Madid of the Islamic Society of North America is a Muslim. Advisory Council on Faith Based Neighborhood Partnerships. Ibu Patel is Muslim. He must be an Indian Muslim or a Pakistani Muslim because the word Patel, P-A-T-E-L, is a name from India. But last but not least, the the closet Muslim himself is Barack Hussein Obama. It's questionable if Obama ever officially took the oath of office when he was sworn in. He didn't repeat the oath properly to to defend the nation and the Constitution. The Democrats claimed he was given the oath again in private. The CIA director, John Brennan, took his oath on a copy of the Constitution, not a Bible. Congressman Keith Ellison took his oath on a copy of the Koran. Considering all these appointments, it would explain why Obama and his minions are systematically destroying the U.S., supporting radical Muslim groups worldwide, opening the southern border, and turning a blind eye to genocide being perpetrated on Christians all over Africa and the Middle East. The more damage Obama does, the more arrogant he's become. The United States has been infiltrated by people who want to destroy it. It can only get worse. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem and our boys in the IDF. Well, folks, 
one other thing here. I'm going to read this kind of cute. I'm going to read it. There are 10,535 pages in the Obamacare bill, and it's condensed to four sentences. As true as it sounds, every last word is absolutely true. In order to insure the uninsured, we first have to uninsure the insured. Next, we require the newly insured to be uh, the newly uninsured to be reinsured. To reinsure the newly uninsured, they are required to pay extra charges to be reinsured. The extra charges are required so that the original insured, who became uninsured and then became reinsured, can pay enough extra so that the original uninsured can be insured, which would be free of charge to them. This, ladies and gentlemen, is called redistribution of wealth, or by its more common name, socialism. Hang on here a second. Just hold your horse. Hold the horses. Okay. I want to tell you what Brother Bob said here recently. Back uh, 23 September. Was there a boy, a baby boy recently born into your family? It's still an infant. I've been talking to Bob for about an hour at 3.45 on the 23rd of September when he asked me that question. I said, well, my grandkids are big, big kids, you know. But I said, wait a minute, yes, there's one. I just saw him for the first time last month. What's his name? And I, I'll give you the name. I call him uh, Charlie Alpha. And that family is really the closest family I have. He said, that's the boy. He's been created for a special purpose. The Lord will take care of this child. He'll lead a miraculous life from the very beginning. His mom and dad will ask, what's going on with his kid? He will show unusual talents early. His mom will be developed and blossom very early. At night, there will be cherubims watching over him. Left side, right side, one above, one below. He'll have complete protection. Well, I said, well, he's got a friend, Grandma. Who's she? I said, she says, well, he's that, that preacher we know about up in Western Maryland. He says, uh-oh. I said, that's it. This boy is the answer to this preacher's prayer that a man of God will come out of his lineage. It'll be God's man in a boy's body. Man, I had goosebumps all over me at those words. This child will see things in the spirit. He'll blow people away with his knowledge and demeanor. He will walk the walk. Pray for him if Satan is not going to be happy to see him working. By the way, does he have light hair? I don't know. I'll check. It was. He does have light hair. Does he have bluish tin eyes? I don't know. I'll check. Well, he does. This is going to be a spectacular child. Well, let me tell you what happened here. When he was eight days old, he managed to roll over completely. 
At 12 months old, he was running through the house full speed. He wasn't just learning to walk. He was running through the house. He was being potty trained at 14 months. At 15 months old, he ran, he runs fast backwards as he can forward. And he didn't, he didn't realize he's supposed to watch where he's going and he crashed into a chair. But he can run fast backwards as he can forwards. On the 21st of January, he said, Al, this boy is going to try to read on his own. And he's going to be good at math and music right away. So I will keep you apprised of this fellow's progress, okay? And what do we got next? Like Paul Harvey says, page two. Uh, two weeks ago, we lost another bridge, collapsed. Spetsnaz blew up another bridge. That's about 15 bridges they've blown up in the past 20 years. And we had another refinery go down, explosion. I think it was in Ohio. Destroyed another refinery. Had seven refineries, seven chemical plants, two fertilizer plants, one sugar plant, two oil platforms, about five or six pipelines blew up, 25 trains derailed. It just gets worse and worse. But people accept it as, oh, it just happens. Yeah, it happens. Soviet Spetsnaz, yeah. All right. Hang on here. Something you all didn't know that I remember very well. You recall in the year 2000 that they had all the Republicans as red states and all the Democrats as blue states. 2004, 2008, 2012, they're using Democrats in blue states and Republicans in red states. That wasn't how it was in 96 and all the years before. I remember very distinctly, it was always the blue, the blue states were always Republicans and the red states were always, were always Democrats because pinko communism is leftist, okay? And that, that happened, from, that ran on from the 70s all up through till 1996. You used to see the bumper stickers. They bought the Democrats bought reddish bump, red and white bumper stickers. Usually, and the Republicans always bought blue bumper stickers. Now, what am I getting at? In in two thousand, all four networks conspired to change it all on the newscasts. The Republicans red, the Democrats blue. What are you getting at, Al? Well, first of all, we used to consider the Republicans the blue guys, good guys, and Democrats, the pinkos, and that's how the bumper stickers ran and the signs. But the main thing here is the news people conspired together to change it all on the night of election night of 2000 to reverse it completely. Okay? That means they're conspiring to do it. They're conspiring, and that means that they're new. They, they're they're conspire. That they're, they're connected to the top, and all the newscasts, the newscasts, are the same five stories on all four, all five newscasts, and they time their commercial breaks. They all time their commercial breaks to all get, have the same identical time for commercial breaks within ten seconds or twelve seconds of each other. 
they have timed with a clock when they have the commercial breaks. So you cannot surf the, chan- surf the channel to a different news station and hear more news and then skip the commercial. They've got it set up. So like Heinrich, Heinrich Himmler said, I'm sorry, Heinrich Mueller said in 1947, he says, I can, if I can control all the news media from one city, I can bring about a coup in the United States and control the news media. It's controlled. And I haven't brought this up before, these, these points, but I've known about them. I just haven't written down a piece of paper, haven't written them down. And uh, so I thought I'd bring it to your attention. Tom Brokaw went out in 96 and said there were 25 tons of high nitrate fertilizer stolen from Booston Mills, West Virginia Farmers Co-op, B-R-U-C-E-T-O-N, Booston Mills. It's up north of Morgantown. Uh, just uh, in the uh, West Virginia Northern Panhandle. Just uh, not in the Panhandle. It's just east of uh, just east of Western Maryland. And I went out there to that place, and three months later, with my ID card, and said, "Was there any fertilizer stolen?" No, sir. I got two people to tell me no fertilizer was stolen. It was a bookkeeping error. They told the cops. The cops called the FBI. And Bill Clinton, Louis Free, the FBI director, Janet Reno, Hillary Clinton, and Tom Brokaw told the whole world there was 25 tons of high nitrate, bomb-grade fertilizer floating around the United States. Oh, they make bombs out of fertilizer. They didn't make fertilizer bomb in Oklahoma City because General Ben Parton testified. He was the director of energy weapons expert for the Department of Defense. He testified second Oklahoma grand jury. Fertilizer will not cut reinforced concrete past 23 feet. That truck bomb was 35 feet in the building. There was no fertilizer used to blow that building down. And the lies just get bigger and bigger before and after Oklahoma City. Okay? All right. By the way, I've seen two clips. There's been news clips stating that over in Sweden or someplace, they got a chip under your skin where you can stick it up to a swipe card panel and get in the building. Recently tonight, or yesterday, there was a clip about would you put a chip under your skin, you know, to not have a card, and they're already doing it. And the guy showed where they put the chip in his skin. So we've come down to that now. You will cause them to take the mark. Cause them to take the mark, okay? If it makes you hungry, you take a chip so you can have something to eat, he has caused you to take a chip. Okay? That's when he's going to do it. All right. I've got a... I want to show you something here. This much I'm going to have to tell you. You're going to have to start getting out of bed and pray. And if you haven't already started, I've been warning you for years, you've got to get out of bed and pray. And uh, I'm going to run over tonight. I wanted, to, I wanted to show you something that's really neat in Scripture. And I'm going to run through Chapter 9 of John. 
and I want you to see this. If you've never taken time to study this, you need to listen about this. This guy's pretty cool. And and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked him, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Coming, folks. That time is coming. But no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The pool of Siloam is near the St. Stephen's Gate in the northeast corner of the old city. I've been there many times. And neighbors, therefore, and they which were before had seen him that was that was blind, seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I'm he. Therefore said they unto him, How open thine eye? How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man is called Jesus, made clay, anointed mine eyes said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went in and washed, and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. I know not. They brought the, they brought him, they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. They didn't go see the Pharisees, the rulers, okay? And it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Now, Jesus doesn't say you can't do stuff on the Sabbath day, okay? You do lots of things on the Sabbath day. You want to keep all the days holy, okay? Not just the Sabbath. Man was made, Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. That's what he told us. And then then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. And therefore, said some of the Pharisees, This man isn't. isn't of God, because you keep it not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? Well, they thought, you know, if you don't keep the Sabbath, you're a sinner. That's what they're thinking. And he says, how can a man that's a sinner do such miracles? If, if, if not keeping the Sabbath, breaking the Sabbath is a sin, how can this guy do so many miracles? And there was a division among them. They say unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, He's a prophet. But the leaders of the Jews, the Jews at the leadership, did not believe concerning him that he'd been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. They called him guy's parents. And they asked him, saying, Is this your son? Do you say, Was more blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son, and he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He's of age. Ask him. He'll speak for himself. He shall speak for himself. These words speak his parents because they feared the Jews, that is, the leadership, because they're the ones who could put you out of, out of the temple. For they had already agreed that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. 
If you confess that Jesus is the Messiah, you're out of the synagogue. Gone, baby. Therefore said his parents, he's of age, ask him. Then again called they the, the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man's a sinner. He answered and said, Hmm, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then he said to him again, What did he do to thee? He said to him again, How open he thine eyes? What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you do not hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye, will ye all be his disciples? Will ye also be his disciples? Ye means you all. And they reviled him and said, Thou art Moses, thou art his disciple. But we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fella, we know not from whence he is. That is, this guy, Jesus. We know from whence he is. Now, this guy got his eyes healed. He, he's not a believer in Jesus yet. He doesn't, he hasn't, he don't know who Jesus is. He just knows that he, got, he can see. I want to prove that to you. As for this fellow, we know that from whence he is. We don't know where he come from. And then the man answered and said <laughs> unto them, Why, herein is a marvelous thing, that you know not from whence he is, and yet he, oh, he had opened my eyes. You guys don't know where he come from, but I can see you don't know where he even came from. <laughs> You're the leaders of the people, man. Now, we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth, that is, him God will hear. He's preaching, okay? This guy, this guy's seven verses away from having his, you know, his, his eyes healed, and he started to preach already. Since the world began, it, it would. Was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. Man, that's preaching. He, he told them off, okay? I mean, this is this is a spectacular little thing here. They answered and said unto him, Thou was altogether born in sin, and dost thou teach us? Man, you're already you're born altogether, altogether born in sin, and you're teaching us, and they cast him out. Now, don't listen to these preachers and say, well, cast means this or that and the other in the Greek. Look at that English dictionary. They cast him out. They just pissed him out. Probably just shoved him down the steps of the temple, you know. He just heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. I'll read the rest of it. I'll go past verse 39, the paragraph marker. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see. And they which see might be made blind. Well, it's one that claim to be seeing, right, and lead all the people the wrong way, they might be made blind. Some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? 
And Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now you say, We see. Therefore, your sin remaineth. This guy was quite an evangelist. He took on he took on the leadership, man. But then he had was it forty years he hadn't seen, and all of a sudden he could see. Turned him into a preacher really fast. But you see, this fellow didn't even have a Bible yet. He didn't have he didn't have any, he didn't have the scrolls or he didn't, he didn't have the word. And look how he did. Look look what a job he did. We got the whole Bible. We've got the Old Testament and the New Testament. We know all the things that happened. There's no excuse for us not doing greater things than this guy. You know? This guy sat there and blind his whole life. He didn't know a whole lot. But one thing, he got his, when his eyes were opened, it made a preacher out of him. He certainly told the leaders off. <laughs> This is a marvelous thing. This guy made me see him. You don't know where he's even from. You don't even know where he's from. That cut to the quick. You got some preachers out there don't even know which Bible is the Word of God. We used to have one Bible, the King James Authorized Version, in our churches. Now we got 57 versions or 70 versions, and the church is going to pot, and so does the country. That's the reason. If the foundations be destroyed, what can a righteous do? So that's the problem we run into. And then we threw out when we threw the Bible out, then we threw out the hymn book. Remove not the ancient landmark which the fathers have set. The fathers set the authorized version in the church. And from, 2000, uh, from 1611 until 1971, or thereabouts, we had a Bible that did miraculous things and saved our country. We've got 57 or 100 versions out there, depending if you count New Testament only. The country's going to the dogs. And we, you know, the Bible says, if you contended with Putman, they wearied thee. How shall you contend with horses? And what are you going to do in the swelling of Jordan? If footmen weary you in the battle, how are you going to contend with horses? And then what's going to happen in the swelling of Jordan? Folks, the swelling of Jordan is about upon us. You can't get guidance in a green season. How are you going to get guidance and get help in a dry season? If you don't learn to pray in the green season, you're never going to trust God in the dry season. You have got to get out of bed and pray in the morning. You've got to do that. Now, I saw a sheriff yesterday in Charlottesville. One of the sheriffs is, there's Charlottesville sheriff, there's Armel County sheriff, Green County Sheriff, Nelson County Sheriff, down in Charlottesville, Virginia. It says they're going to have a the university has hired an international concern to provide security on the campus. An international 
group of ambassadors. What do we need international people down there to protect our kids in the university? We've got enough American cops to need a job. They've hired a bunch of internationals called GSQSA or something like that. I, got, I lost my little article. I don't know where it is. But uh, it was in the paper. They show a white SUV with dark windows. And it's, uh, poli- it's policing the world or securing the world on the side of it. Here we go, folks, with the international cops again, okay? Well, I've read this list off many times before of uh, these foreign police, and they're here. I asked this sheriff. I said, Sheriff, I said, uh, have you seen the SUV, the foreign cops? Well, no, I don't think so. I haven't seen any. So I'll tell you what. I'm going to send you some uh, some information so you'll know about it. I sent him a letter last year. I mentioned the Chinese troops who were redeployed into the helicopter from the ground. They jumped in the helicopter when the whistle blew. We don't use whistles, folks. We don't use whistles. Uh-oh, what's going on? Okay, hang on, folks. Let me check something here. Make sure I got you going here. Yep. Okay, good. Uh, I'm going to play a couple songs tonight. And uh, I always play this one because when Jesus was on the cross, there was a thief on both sides of him. And the one says, hey, if if you be the Messiah, get yourself off this cross and us too. And the other one said, hey, man, we're here for the just reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. And Jesus said unto him, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And this fellow, Jesus passed away at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And went to paradise, and this fellow followed him shortly thereafter, but Jesus died first. All right, here's, uh, here's a story about if that isn't love, okay, I'll let you hear it. Hang on a sec, I want to check something. Okay, stand by one. Wait a sec, that's the wrong one. There you go. Thank <laughs> you. 
songs that the Holy Spirit inspired. I'm 75 years old, pushing 76, and I've been there and done that and know what I'm talking about. Well, you don't sound 76. No, I don't. I got saved when I was 29, so my spirit's 29 years old. I don't act 76 either. I see these old guys going around here, they're one foot in the grave. And I'm thinking, thank you, Lord. You've blessed me. Bless your heart. Bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to say one other prayer. We have a little young lady who's from Kazakhstan. She speaks almost perfect English. She's uh, here in the States. She works at one of the stores. And I've got a Bible. And one of the gals was working the counter there, and her name's Naomi. And I've been talking to her, and I said, oh, hi, Naomi. I said, uh, that's a neat Bible name you got there. She says, yeah, it is. Do you know the story? She says, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, Naomi married Elimelech, and they were in, they were Jews, and they went over to Kyle of Judah, and they went over to Moab, and the two boys they had, Malon and Chilion, married Ruth and Orpha. And this girl said, what? This girl from Kazakhstan, what are you all talking about? She had one clue about the Bible. I'm going to pray for her right now because I'm going to take a Bible up there when the Lord shows me. He said, not do it today. You ain't prayed long enough for her. Don't try to pass out tracts if you ain't prayed for somebody, okay? Father, I'm going to ask you right now in the name of Jesus to touch this girl. The folks out there are praying along. 
Her name's uh, Tanya, Lord, and we pray for Tanya right now that her heart will be opened and shortly in the next week or so. We'll pray for her each day that she'll readily accept and understand what we're trying to show her. I pray for her soul. She's got a baby. Her mom's here from Kazakhstan. Probably doesn't speak a word of English. We pray for her mom, too, and certainly that little child she has. We put her in your care, Lord. We ask that you guide us and direct us on how to deal with this situation. We might show her Jesus before it's too late. We ask it all in Jesus' name for his kingdom and his glory. Amen and amen. All right, folks, I'm going to... uh, I'm going to play how great they are, and we'll close the program. Hang on a sec. Uh, get rolling here. All right. That's uh, that'll be uh, number 20. This features the stamps also. How great they are.
Freedom Fighters for America World Radio is sponsored by Freedom Fighters for America at www.freedomfightersforamerica.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.